at Romans 6 in a little bit. Pray for Louise. Louise is uh, um, Marilyn Fishman's 94-year-old aunt. I got a chance to see and spend some time with her last week. I'm not sure she's a believer, um, but I'm hoping to go back and get a chance to go more clearly with her about that, talk to her more clearly about that. And then also I pray, uh, pray for Brittany. Um, she's a waitress at Cracker Bro. I've talked about it a number of times. I got a chance to talk to her this morning, asked her if she would come and sh- if I got a group together to share their stories about their difficulties in life, would she share hers? And she was, said anytime, any day. So she was excited about it. And she's the first one I've contacted out of about seven or eight people I'm going to work to try to get to come. And they all need to hear God's story and how it relates to theirs. And so pray for that as it begins to come together that God would really use that. Tonight we're going to talk about transgenderism. Um, let me start with this for these a little older, my age maybe or so. How many remember the, the uh, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King? Remember the, um, remember the battle of the sexes? Remember that? And so how he, he just was bragging about how he was going to take her out, and then she ended up beating him. And, you know, but there's, the whole thing was about, you know, how di- he wanted to prove men are different than women, and they can, you know, obviously in his mind, better. Um, so that was, and then how many remember this book? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Anyone remember that? It was a national bestseller. Actually, it was, it's actually been one of the most popular books written in the last 50 years, believe it or not. Sold a lot of copies. But the whole book was, the whole book was about men and women are radically different. And if you don't know that, you can't have a solid marriage, basically. That was, what it, that was the, the, the underlying essence of the book. Um, so again, all these things. Um, I, I'm, how many of you ever watched My Fair Lady? Again, this is back a ways, right? The, the musical thing, drama thing. Remember Henry Higgins? He exclaims because he's like Bobby Riggs. He goes, why can't a woman finish it? Be lo- more like a man, right? Well, he got his wish because that's been happening in our culture more and more. I read a, a satirical article that said, the old quote, boys will be boys, has turned into also adding boys will be girls. And that's the culture in which we live. That's the culture in which we live. So I, my first, go ahead, the next slide up there. Um, transgender, go ahead, one more. Um, we need to begin tonight by remembering we are not simply talking about issues, but people. Because you know what? There are not transgender p- people here tonight. And you may say, I've never met one. I, I, I met a girl who was a week away from having transgender surgery when I was at the shower trailer a number of years ago uh, and told me how excited it was because she believed that she had, really should have been a guy. And she was a girl, and she was going to make that sure that that change was going to happen. And to try to tell her about the Lord and stuff like that um, wasn't really anything she was interested in. So, I mean, maybe you've never had that experience of actually talking with someone who's doing those sort of things in their life or believes that sort of thing. But it's easy to, in an abstract way, think that we're, you know, it's an issue. You get angry about it, at it because it's so wrong, and it's influential in our culture, and it's changing young people's lives. And, but remember... Um, we're talking about people and people who need the Lord and compassion. It doesn't mean that we downplay or compromise or water down the truth by any stretch, but we do want to speak it in love and be compassionate on people like Jesus was. So with that in mind, let me start with a definition. Go ahead and go to what is transgenderism. 
You can leave that one there. Um, it's what you know it to be. Gender is biologically based is what we normally all believe. Um, that that's determined by your birth. And today they are saying that that's not true. That trans, trans, if you want to put down, transgenderism is about how a person feels inside. So you're a transgender person when you believe that your sense of gender, your feelings, is different than what your biology is. So you may be a biological woman, but if you feel like on the inside that you should be a man, then the biological part is not significant. It doesn't have any bearing anymore. Um, I read an LGBTQ article, and this is a famous line that's been passed around, and the, the woman that was being interviewed said, I am a woman trapped in a man's body. Um, a lot of things wrong with that statement, but number one, let me tell you about what a lot of transgender people are like, because we can narrow it down. There's a lot more to it than you might think. Some say that they are the opposite of their gender. Now, that's the typical one. You're a guy and you say you're a girl, but that's not every transgender person. Um, it's more than that. Some people who are transgender also feel that they are both. I read a story today, and you, you read these stories and you go, can this really be true? Um, but it is, which makes you sad and, and beyond that. But there was a girl who, well, a girl whose mom took her, she was graduating high school, and they were saying that they went out and bought her a really fancy dress, and then they also bought her a really fancy suit, because her mom says that some days she's a woman or a girl, and some days she's a guy, and the, the graduation was still three weeks off, and nobody really knew, including the transgender person themselves, um, which they would be on graduation day. And you say that sounds funny, but that's the reality in which they live in. So transgender doesn't mean I'm one and I'm, I, I like to be another. It can be that some people think they're both on any given day. Um, and some identify as either. So they could be, <laughs> it's, it's almost like too much to explain to you, but, but if you read more and more, I just wanted you to get the scope of it. It's not just I'm a girl and I think I'm a guy. It actually goes way, way beyond that. And so here's, here's a little statistic. I've got a few things in a row. Statistically-wise, majority of children who have feelings that they're different than their gender really is, most of those people disappear by the time they're a teenager. So it's usually a thing that happens in your early adolescence that normally doesn't stay with people. But the ones that do, and I don't really like this term, but it's a secular term, but it's called gender dysphoria. And it, it takes no responsibility. That's why I don't like labels that don't make you responsible. But this one's a dysphoria. means I'm just confused about it. That's definitely confused about it, but it's more than that. But they, they say they're trapped in the long... And that's anybody who has the feelings past being a teenager for longer than six months. And there are a lot of those, and the number is growing all the time. Now, for us, we have to ask, what is our response? And... One article I read said it's either yuck or yes for a lot of people. Uh, yuck, like I can't even imagine that this is a reality, and it's kind of like this, it's despicable to me that this could even be something someone thinks or does. So they get all grossed out by it, and they're just totally not interested in anything to do with it. Um, that's not a Christian response. Um, yes, it's okay, do what you do, be the authentic you, 
that's, a, that's definitely not a Christian response. Um, our Christian response is going to be a little different. We're going to do the response that definitely doesn't say yes, but is not indifferent to or weirded out to the point where I couldn't have conversations with people like that or have compassion on them and much less not give them the gospel. So we're going to have a little different response to that. Um, And this is how out there it can be. There's a quote, and if you put the feminist quote up there, Alan, um, this is feminist Camille Paglia in a, a news article that she wrote for a newspaper I consider myself neither gay nor straight, neither male nor female. Listen, neither human nor animal. Now, I'm not making this up, but there's a guy in Canada that believes that he is a, a man, but he really should be a cat. And he's quit his job, has demanded of the Canadian government that he would be taken care of like a cat. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to be fed a lot and sleep a lot, not work, and do whatever he wants. And that was a real, that's a real story that was still going on as far as I know. Um, there are numerous people, so the animal part is not far-fetched. Because you can see, right? You can see that if you can, if it's all about your feelings, and your feelings tell you that you're not even a human, you're such an animal, or you're not a male, you're a female, you can pretty much make up whatever you want. Now, I'm not saying that those wild extreme examples are mainline of what transgenderism is about. But I'm telling you, it can go to those extremes in our world. Now, the question is, why and how did it get there? This is a term that you probably should be familiar with. It's called expressive individualism. And I want you to listen to it because Christians and people in church are not immune from it. Probably immune from it in this transgender part, hopefully. But it, it has all kinds of forms it can take. And here's what it is, is that truth is subjective and I can customize it. In other words, and maybe, I don't know if you hear this enough or you're tired of it already, but it's true of the younger ages of people from 15 to about 30, about everything's about being transparent and authentic. Have you ever heard that whole thing? Well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, that's what I really feel like I should be doing, and I would be less than myself, not authentic, if I didn't do what I felt like doing. And so that's a big thing, creating our belief system to match our feelings so that I can be authentic. That is exactly what, and you know uh, Bruce Jenner, who became Caitlin, according to himself, he said, after all the years, I'm finally happy that the struggle is over because now I can be my authentic self. So there's no stopping being who you are and the authentic person that you think you should be as long as it is in keeping with your feelings. And they don't have their feelings, they don't see the need to have their feelings match their beliefs. They now make their beliefs match their feelings. And that's why you get to some of the places that we are at in our lives. To tell you how widespread it is, um, I don't recommend that you be on social media very much, but if you are and and have a Facebook, um, it used to be Facebook, when all this started to be very popular, came out with you had options when when you made your profile of what your gender was. And it was male and female for a while, and then it became male, female, and the third category was other. And if you you pushed other underneath, there were 71 options um, for gender, under gender, of what you could be. 
Now, that, ha- that, they, that was how it was for a number of years, but I think if I'm not, if it's still accurate, that today if you go under there, the other co- co- category has been dropped. And now it all is, is it says custom, and it's a blank field, and you get to choose and, and put in there whatever you want. So they don't even have, they have 71 of them aligned, but now you, they don't even have that because it's gotten so many they can't keep up with it. Literally, it's heading toward 3,000, and that's not a joke. Um, but now it's a blank field, and you just tell people what you are, and, and that's what it is. And the slogan of it is, autonomy is not destiny. In other words, my biology of I'm a guy or a girl and all the physical parts that go with it, that's not my destiny because I can choose whatever I want it to be. If you listen to last Sunday morning's sermon, I got to the part in James 1.25 talking about the guy who looks at the Bible and looks into it as a mirror and actually changes by doing it. And the way the Bible describes it is he looks and keeps looking and perseveringly keeps looking into the perfect law of liberty. And if you remember in my statement, I said that here's why people who look this way in the Bible and see themselves reflected in the scriptures, see what needs to be changed, and they do it. This is why the Bible says the law is freedom to them. And I tried to give illustrations of freedom is not having no restrictions. Freedom is finding the right restrictions for which you were made in life. And I gave two examples of a fish that, you know, if a fish wanted to flop out and land because he wants his freedom and doesn't want to be told he has to be remain restricted in the water, he could have that choice, but he'll die because he was made for water. A car owner has to follow the manual, I said, remember? And if you got to follow, why? Because the manual tells you this is how the car runs right because this is how it was made. So you don't just say, oh, I'm so mad. I don't like the restriction of having to change my oil. Nobody says that because you know that the freedom of using your car and getting from place to place is when you follow the restrictions of the manual, right? Take that principle and apply it to this. Our culture says today that true freedom is found in no restrictions. No one telling me who I am, what my identity is, what my agenda is, Not even, you can't tell me, even though my body says this. In fact, there is a curriculum, BBC, which is a a broadcast program in Great Britain, has a program called Transgender Kids. And they're teaching kids in kindergarten that they must think this way, that sometimes your brain is at battle with your body. And when your brain is at battle with your body, in other words, they don't agree, always follow your brain. That's what they teach in Britain in schools in, in, in kindergarten. So how do we respond to all of that? Romans six fifteen says, What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. God forbid, King James says. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Now, do you catch that? Here's what Christianity is. Christianity is not going from one slave master to no slave master, and that is too often how people think of it. In other words, yeah, Pastor Walker, I know the Bible says before I was a Christian, I was a slave to sin. But when I became a Christian, now I'm not the slave of anything or anybody. That's not true. That's not biblical. Here's what Christianity is. 
Before you're a Christian, you were a slave of sin. Now that you're a Christian, you are the slave of righteousness. And he goes on to say the slave of God, and you are the slave of Jesus Christ. So here's what true Christianity, true freedom is. It is not going from no one slave master to no slave master. It's going from the wrong slave master to the right one. That's Christianity. And in a culture in which we live today with expressive individualism, people do not want to be told that they have any master whatsoever. So please understand that abortion, evolution, racism, all the cultural issues today find their deepest root in a direct rebellion against the authority of God. It is the underlying reason why those things and those issues in people's lives exist. Now, John Wyatt is an author who said that Christians should respond this way to the issue of transgenderism in our culture, and he gives two illustrations. He says, matters of life and death in our culture— or actually the view of the human body by the transgender people in our culture, are like a Lego kit. I went to the Mall of America, which is in Minnesota now that has been outdone by the mall that's up by the Meadowlands, right? I've never been to that one. I'm not sure even how much of it's open yet. But you go in Legoland in the Mall of America is as big as this auditorium. I mean, it's got Legos up 20 feet in the air. I mean, they're like dinosaur Legos. I mean, it's Lego. Every Lego in the world, I think, is practically in there. It's amazing. But he says, with that thought in mind, he says, the view of the human body by transgender people is that there is no creator, therefore there's no authority, no design whatsoever. We are simply a collection of constituted parts that can be changed and adapted as we like, meaning Legos. Have you ever done a Lego? There's just a bunch of parts laying all over the floor with different colors and shapes and sizes. And you know what you do? You just take the parts and you put them together. And you could make with the sa- you could make some Legos and you could take and you could make a battleship. And one of them you could make a car. And another one you could make a helicopter. And, and, and that's how they view your body. They view your body as a bunch of parts and it's up to you to choose how you put those parts together. Because there's no designer, there's no creator, therefore you become the creator, and you can redesign. Now, that's a view, and the only limitation is your own imagination. John Wyatt goes on to say, but that's not how God sees it, nor should Christians see it. And then he gives this illustration, which I thought was fantastic. We are not machines, and we are not Legos, he says. We are flawed masterpieces. You don't restore a work of art by looking at it and saying, and and I think he talks about the Mona Lisa, yeah, she would really look better if she had a nice pair of glasses on. If Mona Lisa got in trouble and you were trying to restore it, you wouldn't, he says, you don't look at it and say, let me improve on it by adding some things to it. You don't look at a picture of a beautiful scenery and say, I know this is an apple cart in the background, but wouldn't it be cool if you put a Ferrari in the middle of it? He said, nobody does it. He goes, anybody who knows the law and the codes of a restorer is this. Listen to what he says. They know that a restorer's job is to bring out the artist's original intention. They study the work of the painter so they can get it right so that people can see the original glory of what the painter intended. He says, that's what we look at people as. 
We are flawed masterpieces. And what we want to do is not change our parts and change the surgery and do all those things. No, it's that we want to have God work in us and shape us to make us presentable so that we can give the creator, the author, the artwork, its original intent. He says that's what the gospel does. That's why we need to reach the people like transgender people because they are flawed and they have a wrong view of their body, of God, authority, and everything about him. And it's our job to help them to see that God is the one that can come into your life, change your life, and restore you to the original intent that he had for you. Our culture says don't change your feelings to match your body. Change your body to match your feelings. So what do you do with all that? Let me go to the last quote. Can you put it on there about feelings? Yes. What do you do with feelings? Because let me tell you this, and I'm going to end on this, because this is a huge problem, not just in the transgender world or the secular world, but our world. There is so much going on, and people make decisions about what they do, and it's all based on their feelings. Now, not extreme ones where you say, I feel like I'm a girl when I'm a guy. So that's not our problem in here tonight, right? It's in our culture, but in, our, in here, this is what I feel. Not what's best, not what's right, but this is how I feel. And here's what they said. Feelings may define how you are, like meaning I don't feel that I'm a girl. I may feel sick today. I don't feel good. Feelings can define how you are, but they cannot define who you are. Can I tell you the number one thing, if it was me, and I'm going to finish with a few questions real quick. If it was me and I was raising my children when they were small again, I would spend a lot of time talking about biblical views of identity. Because way below the surface of all that's taking place in transgender, the transgender crisis is an identity crisis. Because they don't find their identity in God. But let me tell you this, the racism crisis today is an identity crisis. Because white people and black people and Hispanic people, all, you know, the racism problem is I'm putting my culture and my ethnicity above Christ. Christ is my identity, not the color of my skin, not the status I have in society, not the positions I hold. Christ is, and he influences all the other sub-identities I have. Our world doesn't have that. So they find their identity in what their sexuality or gender or what they feel that they want to be. And they live by their feelings, not by who they are. But they let their feelings tell them who they are. So your girls are going to grow up and say, if I don't look like that and don't have that figure and I don't have this and I'm like the girl on the magazine cover, see, then I don't really know who I am. This is who I got to try to be. And guys, if I can't play this sport and I don't do this or I'm not this smart and I don't have this grades, see, we bought into our culture, not transgenderism, but we bought into the culture that says, I have to find my identity and what I feel will make me happy. And unfortunately for many, and even Christians, God's people is not loving and following and serving him and others. It's themselves. There might be a few questions, I mean, tonight, and so I'm going to just tell you a few of them off the bat, a 30-second answer. Um, What would I do if my child was talking about transgender feelings? I, I read numerous stories, and there's not one pat answer. But I can tell you what I did find out by reading a lot of people who have dealt with this with their children, some of them being Christians or, well, professing to be. 
You can't be transgender and Christian at the same time, by the way. You can't be homosexual at the same time. You can't be a fornicator or a drunkard and a lot, perpetual liar either, so don't think that's the only one. But there are people who have their children, and what do you do with them? Here's what everyone has decided. No matter how difficult it is, you can't compromise the truth and just go along with it. That's what you cannot do. As much as it breaks your heart and you don't want them to leave home, and by the way, a lot of people who are transgender threaten to commit suicide, and many of them do, and so that makes it very hard to toe the line knowing that that might be a possibility. I, almost everybody I read said, don't say it's okay because there is no turning back from it. And they said, I, I, there's all kinds of other things, and I don't have time tonight to go through other angles that you could go through, but that was the one thing that was worth sharing, is they said, lovingly, kindly, patiently work through them, help them to see that it's, God has designed you is to be a guy, and this is what it means, or a girl, so it means, but don't say it's okay to be who you are if it's not the identity God's given you. Tell them that they don't have to create their own identity because God already made one for them. Um, another question, should parents allow their children, good question, to stay in state schools if school promotes transgenderism? My answer would be absolutely not. I hope that you realize that Johnny has two moms, is a curriculum for first graders, and transgenderism is down to the, some of the lowest ages. Sex education is way out there in public schools. Not all of them. Some worse than others by far. In the South, you might have a better chance. Um, but I, it is definitely worth you checking into what your school that you're sending them to believes on those issues and what your kids have. And by the way, the rules are California has them and a number of other states that if your child talks about being transgender at school in any grade, they are not going to tell you by law. They do not have to tell you as parents that they're talking about it. So you would not know that's what they're after in our schools because they have an agenda. So think about that. And I'm going to be bold and honest. Great time to think about Faith Christian School. That was a free commercial, by the way. Um, and lastly, and, th and this is a long debate, and I'm just going to start it. We've debated this at my house. How should we think about pronouns? Avoiding pronouns altogether. What about names? What about a girl who's definitely a girl and her name is Frank? Or she says it is. What if it's a he, but she wants to be a she? Um, I can already tell you that you may lose your job. And I can tell you this, in some places, if you don't use the appropriate, the appropriate not in our country yet, in other places, it's a $250,000 fine if you use the incorrect pronoun. It's just a matter of time before it comes here. So again, I don't have time tonight because we're two minutes over, but this is a question that is worth telling because your kids, if you're a nurse, if you're, other, if you're filling out forms, if you're talking to people, you're working at the business, my son Lance at Chase Bank, they're already trying to, you know, they have things that you're supposed to be doing that if someone comes in and says this and they're not, but you have to do what they want you to do. And you, you have to be able to be willing to live out your convictions, and they may start being very costly. So it's worthy of all of us taking time for ourselves and for our children to think through. But, then, and, and then and the last thing, the difficulty is, in all of that, 
which may cost you greatly, is not losing your love for lost people and, and not becoming angry and embittered at them, but loving them and continuing to give the gospel to them. Not an easy thing for any of us, but is what Jesus would do. Let's close in prayer. Father, a lot said in a short time, but Lord, we've just touched the surface tonight. But it's an important issue in our culture, and we need as Christians to know how to be able to respond to it. It may come down, who knows, to where we work. It may come even into friendships that we have with people that we know, even family members perhaps. We don't know how things are going to work out, but we need to be ready. Help us to look at Scripture and help us as Christians to live out a life that says we found the right restrictions. We found the right master, and it's Jesus, and we want to share him with you. Help us to have that kind of truth without compromise, but all in love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.